Um, this morning's reading is from the Gospel of Mark, and it's chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's great to hear about Kenya and what's going on there, and and obviously for us as a church, we've been supporting that ministry now for a number of years, and um, uh, just to log really while that's been said, there will be another trip out next October. So if you've looked at that today and thought, I could cope with that little bumpy plane ride and uh, land in a field, I can go and take something. I'd love to be involved in either the, the um, uh, mobile clinic or the school or the farming project or the uh, bead making project or the ecotourism project. All of those things are part of what we do as a church. If that inspires you, um, then just begin saving now. Everybody goes out, pays for themselves, but begin saving now is a trip really worth doing. And uh, Not only will that trip be available next year, but also a trip to Mozambique as well, I hope. So there's a couple of things that uh, we'd love to get everybody in the church uh, behind. Um, I'd just love to share this. It's just, uh, you know, uh, things that make us smile. I I don't know if you had anything this week that's made you smile. I've, I've, um, uh, with Lindsay away, um, my 23-year-old daughter came home, which was really lovely to look after me. And um, uh, we, we went away together, and I was just uh, reading some uh, emails throughout the week, and uh, someone sent me this, and it just made me smile, so I'll share it with you. Um, it says this, a woman went to the doctor's office. She was seen by one of the new doctors, but after about four minutes in the examination room, she burst out screaming as she ran down the hall. An older doctor stopped her and asked her what the problem was, and she explained it carefully to him. After hearing the story, the doctor marched back to the first new young doctor and demanded, what is the matter with you? Mrs. Terry is 63 years old. She has four grown children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant. The new doctor continued to write on his clipboard and asked, yes, but does she still have hiccups? (laughs) 
made me smile. You know, there are some, there are some cultural myths that um, have become part of the narrative of our uh, country. Uh, in fact, I think they've become part of the narrative of uh, the West, and they've so embedded themselves in our culture that I think often we believe that they're true. Here are some of them. Image is everything. There's a whole industry based on that. Rules are made to be broken. I wonder how many people here have actually said that. Anybody here said that? Uh, Live and let live. You're only young once. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Yes, uh, you're all impatient if you've said that. Uh, If it feels good, do it. God helps those who help themselves. Familiarity breeds contempt. And one other, shop till you drop. One of the main supermarkets has even embraced that as part of their marketing campaign. The more we have, the happier we'll be. That's the premise. And um, there's always more that we need. And Jesus came to show that that
never go back on because he was known as a tax collector. He would always be known as a tax collector. He couldn't, award, he couldn't walk away from that. In the area, he met Levi, he's the tax collector. He would have been known by that by everybody. He's the ta- he would never have been able to leave that behind unless something really significant happened. So Jesus meets this guy. But you know, Jesus is in the identity-changing business. He's someone who wants to rebrand us. He's someone who wants to give us new opportunities. When it talks in the Bible about us being new creations in Christ, it really means new creations. Made new, as though born again, as though the first time become new again in Christ. So the reads are, are, are... reading this morning reads like this. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and talked, taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. That's an extraordinary invitation, isn't it? That he would say that and Levi would leave behind everything he had, and follow him. I, I thought about that this week. I thought, I wonder what happened to the taxes in the booth. I bet a few people thought, oh, I'll go back and get mine, if he's abandoned them, you know. But, but Levi would have had, there was something about Jesus that was so attractive, so persuasive, so uh, uh, endearing to others that he was prepared to get up. Luke's account of this says, Levi left everything and got up and followed Jesus. Left everything. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. When the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. A few things from uh, this passage this morning. The first is this. Jesus is interested in every individual. He's interested in every individual. The church doesn't always have the greatest press. We are often known for what we're against, more than what we're for. I pray that that is changing. As streams are working together, denominations are working together, you've got some amazing new church movements embracing some of the old church movements, churches. Even even we as a church, being given the opportunity to take over another church in Harrow, would not have happened a decade ago. Things are really changing. As churches are working together, as uh, dioceses are working together, as streams of churches are working together, it's really great news. I hope as that happens, we'll become known for what we're for. Known for good news and not bad news. But with Jesus, he was always known for what he was for. He was for the least and the last and the lost. He was broke. He was for the broken and the hurting. He was for the excluded. He was for the rejected. He was for those who were considered nothing in society. 
He was good news for everyone. Jesus worked with the prostitutes and the sick. He worked with the rich and the poor. He reached out to everyone who wanted reaching out to. And Levi is an example of that. To the Galileans, Levi was an outcast, a traitor. But to Jesus, he was a man who needed rescuing. Who knows what Levi thought when he went to bed at night? Who knows what sadness he carried, having most probably been cut off from his family, rejected by his long-ago school friends? He was an enemy of many now. But Jesus saw through all of that. Jesus saw the person inside. Jesus saw his need of being found, of being included, of being seen as the person he, was re- he really was. Jesus is interested in every individual. He's interested in including every individual. He's interested in including you and me. Secondly, to change your life and follow Jesus is good news. It is such good news. I wonder what it is that defines you. Is it your career? Is it your home? Is it your possessions? Is it your family? Is it the latest gadget or the newest piece of clothing? What is it that defines you? I remember um, many years ago now, um, I worked in marketing and um, I worked for a company. I really enjoyed my job and I won um, quite a significant contract and uh, about eight months later, they made me the senior marketing manager. And I remember being made that and thinking, they've got no idea that I've got no idea. I have no idea. I just happen to have won a contract. They think I know what I'm doing. I know I do not. I hope no one finds out. That was my thinking. And I went on like that for about four years, thinking, oh, I'm going to get found out today. They're going to realize today I've got no idea what I'm doing. And for some reason, we managed to bumble through for that time. And fortunately, at some point, people kept saying to me, you really ought to go and be a vicar. And I was thinking, I need rescuing from marketing. Otherwise, one day someone's going to go, he really doesn't know what he's doing. I'll go be a vicar. And now you know I don't know what I'm doing doing this. But you know that whole thing. But it, is there something that defines you? What is it that defines you? What, who's the real you inside? Who's the real you? For Levi in our story, it was his career and wealth. This had become his pursuit and even his prison. He had to stay wealthy now because he mixed with the wealthy. Therefore, it was important that he remained wealthy because as soon as he stopped being wealthy, he lost the only friends he had. And so he was on a spiral in life. He had to keep up appearances. And Jesus came and offered him a different way. What lovely words those must have been to Jesus' ears, to Levi's ears. Come follow me, he said. Come follow me. You're important. You're included. I want you here with me. I, I'm not looking at your job, your role, your standing in society, your wealth. I want you, you as a person. The real you, the you inside, the you that's insecure, the you that's broken, the you that's vulnerable, the you that knows the real you, that's got no pretenses. I want you to be included in my life. That's Jesus' invitation to Levi. What good news that was to him.
Someone's seen me and knows me. That's our pursuit in life, isn't it? Our pursuit in life is to find people who would see us and know us and know us for who we are and love us for who we are. And, and, And we do that, most of us do it, we do it through relationships. We look for someone who will journey with us through life, who will see us and know us and love us and care for us no matter what else goes on in our lives. But you know, God, God our Heavenly Father, our Creator, sees us and knows us and loves us and includes us. And if Jesus were here now in person, to each one of you he would say, come follow me. Come follow me, be my disciple. Be included in the story of God. Be included in the good news of the gospel. Jesus offers a different way. There's a story in Luke 15 of a shepherd with a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off. And it says the shepherd left the 99 and went to search for the one. That's a picture. That's a picture of the the good news of Christ. And, And Jesus had crowds following him. And he went via the tax booth. And he went to search for the one in Levi. And he says, Levi, come follow me. You're included. You're wanted. You're, you're needed. I, I, have, I have a role for you in the kingdom of God. And Jesus offered him a new life, a new start, with a new set of priorities, a new way to define himself, a new fellowship, and a new identity. And if you're here this morning and you've never... Uh, responded to that invitation of Jesus, then please hear that today. He loves you and he searches for you and the invitation is there for you to say, be included. Come to him and he will redefine your life in such a healthy way that it is not, it is, it is, everything about it is good news. He will enable you to have a new spring in your step, a new purpose to live for, and a new focus on your life. It is all good news. It is all good news. So firstly, Jesus is interested in every individual. Secondly, he's interested because he's got good news to share and he wants us to know that good news. And thirdly, once we know that good news, we want to share it with others. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to let others know the good news. Levi, first thing he does is throw a party. It says, later Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other sinners. There were many, of the, there were, there were many people of this kind amongst Jesus' followers. I love that verse. In other words, the kingdom of God wasn't a got-it-all-together crowd. They were a bunch of people who were going, this man believes in us. This man has a future for us. This man redefines life for us. This man shows us a new way of living, a new community, a new being. And you see it in the book of Acts when, when after Jesus' death and, uh, and resurrection and ascension, the people then begin to live this new community together. And it says there was nobody with any need. They shared amongst themselves. 
They cared for one another. They looked after the poor and the broken. They reached out. And it says others in the community were careful and looked on with a jealousy, uh, uh, unsure as to whether they could join this group. And this group was saying, come. Come be part of this good news. Levi invites all his tax collector friends and introduces them and says, you've got to meet this man. We've all tried the shop till you drop and it's lost its appeal. It doesn't quite work, but this man has it. The man, Jesus Christ, that we can choose to follow. This isn't the first time it happened in Jesus' ministry. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, when Jesus met her, she went back and she told the whole town, come meet this man, this man that's got such good news. Andrew, Andrew, when Andrew started following Jesus, he spent just a day with him. He ran back to find his brother, Peter. He says, you've got to come meet this man. This man's got good news. This man is the one who redefines life. Philip, likewise, he went to find his friend, Nathaniel. He says, come meet this man, this man that's got such good news that redefines life. You see, good news is so worth sharing. In this morning's reading, Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. And by accepting Jesus' invitation, he found a new purpose, and a new hope, and a new community, and a new identity, and a new joy, and a new heart that was full of gratitude. Because our true identity is found in a relationship with God. Our Heavenly Father wants to know you and be known by you. And he wants your friends to know him and be known by him. And he wants your family to know him and be known by him. For it's good news. And good news is always worth sharing. No wonder Levi became Matthew, the gospel writer. Because he wanted to let everybody know the good news. And he left behind a life of the immediate and the instant, and the, per, the, the, the thing that gratifies for a moment, and he embraced a life of legacy. He embraced a life that left us a jewel in the account of Jesus' life that goes on forever and ever, that we're able to even today be blessed by. What a different life. Instead of enjoying the riches of the moment, he left a legacy for all eternity that we might know the goodness and the grace of that same God. And the story of Levi's life is an invitation to you and me to say, come, be part of this continued story of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together, shall we?